0: To the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Grab your Bible, go with me to the book of Malachi, chapter number 3. The book of Malachi, chapter number 3. And uh, I'm going to read just a few verses there. The book of Malachi, chapter number 3. We've been talking about uh, the blessing of God. Your Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And uh, a lot of times when people think about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. They know he provided us eternal life where we don't have to go to hell, but they forget all the other stuff that Jesus accomplished for us. He also purchased healing for your body. That means that pain and that malady and that malfunction is in your body illegally because your body belongs to him and it's been redeemed by his blood. It also means that mental stress and that emotional turmoil is in your body illegally because you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I need somebody to connect with the word this morning. It also means that financial pressure is not your part of the covenant, and it's not allowed in the blessing of God. Amen. So uh, Malachi chapter number three, I want to read these verses to you, and we'll jump into this, and I'll spit at you for a few minutes and shout, and we'll let you go. Malachi chapter number three, verse number eight, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. In tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Watch verse 10. This is what I want to talk about. Verse 10 and verse 11. Bring all the tithe. Everybody say tithe. Say tithe. Tithe. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. I'm going to read it again just in case I was unclear. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I, and he keeps going, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall no longer destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, we've been talking about giving. We've been teaching on tithing. And I'm only going to do this once a year. So if you think I'm talking about money too much, well, you can just flat get over it. All right? Because I only do this once a year. But we talked about tithing being a tenth, right? Tithe means tenth. Since I've been teaching this. I had two people from our church last week come up to me, two people that are that are dear members of our church. One of them came up to me and she said, You're not going to believe this, but you started teaching on this. And when you started teaching on this, I decided I'm going to give a certain dollar amount above what I normally give over my tithe and my offering. And it was not a small dollar amount, it was a significant dollar amount. She said, I'm going to give over and above what I normally give in my tithes and my offerings. And she said, Immediately when I made that decision in my heart, God has already started started giving me back over and above what I've been giving him over and above. Had another member of our church come to me last week. She said, you're not going to believe this. She said, I worked at this company for over 10 years, and they recently called me, and they let me go. They moved with us from Hamilton to Knoxville, a big a big change in their life. I worked for this company, and they let me go after 10 years. She said, I cried about it for a day. They sent me my severance check. I cried about it for about a day or two days. She said, two days later, I got three phone calls from people wanting to hire me. The job that I took is going to be able to pay me significantly significantly more than the job that I got lost. As a matter of fact, getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me because I've been obeying God in the tithe and in the offering. If you want a financial miracle to happen for you, you got to celebrate it when it happens for somebody else. You hearing what I'm saying? People get funny in church when you start talking about money. People get real, real funny, real funny, right? And money's like, everybody loses their religion right because all preachers are greedy because all preachers they just want all your money right because they they can have their private jet in there I don't have a private jet by the way in case you wonder Yet, come on somebody I felt that flying commercial is the devil I'm telling you right now and uh, people get funny when you start talking about money what people don't realize is money in and of itself does not have an identity Money takes on the identity of the person that has it. Money in the hands of the right person is a tool. In the hands of a wrong person, it's a trap. So you can't blame money for being good or bad. It has nothing to do with being good or bad. It is whatever it is because of the hands of the person that it's in. The real reason people in church don't like to talk about money is because money strikes too close to the heart. Money starts striking close to what we really value and what we really deem important. But it becomes whatever you want it to become. If you got a $20 bill in your pocket, which I guess people still carry cash, I'm going to assume. If you got a $20 bill in your pocket, it can be, it, it'll become whatever you want it to become. It can become a drive through on the way home. Right, Or it can, become, uh, it can become milk, bread, and eggs. If you're shopping at Whole Foods, it can become three eggs. <laughs> right. right? It can become a little bit of gas. Not a lot of gas, just a little bit of gas. It becomes whatever it is because of the hand of the person that it's in. That's, so good. That's why Jesus actually talks about money more than he talks about hell. Right? Read the Gospels. Yep. Read the Gospels. He talks about money more than he talks about it. Oh, this is why. Because it deals with the heart. Okay. Now, when we start to look at f- biblical methodologies for managing finance, one of the most important principles God ever instituted in the Bible was one of the first principles that God ever instituted in the Bible, and it's what I call the law of divine portion. Everybody say divine portion. God takes Adam and puts Adam in a garden surrounded with fruit-bearing trees and says, you can have it all except for this one. You can have it all except for this one. This one belongs to me, and you can live off of the rest, but make sure that you do not touch what belongs to me. And if you touch, when Adam touches what belongs to God, he violates divine portion. He begins to take for himself what belongs to God. That's why we preach on tithing the way that we preach on tithing. The tithe is not yours to begin with. I know your job paid you, but God gave you the ability to perform that job to begin with. Please don't think that. Please don't think that we make the money we make because we're so smart or educated or talented. You and I have what we have for one reason: the blessing of God. You hear what I'm saying? I know that's a offen- for some, for some strange reason that's offensive to Christians. They're like, well, "What do you mean? God wasn't at the job working? He gave you the power. see. This is the thing about God. Uh, 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 God God has never created a chair. God created trees. God did not create these walls. God created trees and then looks at the man and says, I've given you what you need. Now you turn it into whatever you want it to be. So God gave you resources and abilities, and then it's on you to turn those resources and abilities into whatever you can see those resources and abilities to become. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So God was not at the job working, but God gave you the skills that you need to perform that and said, here, you take the gifts that I've given you, and then you turn them into whatever you want them to be. But remember, I was the one that gave them to you. He always tells Israel, he said, after you get through the Red Sea, when you get over into Canaan, and when you're eating the good of the land, and when you're eating from fields that you did not plant, and vineyards that you did not grow, you remember this. It was I, the Lord your God, that brought you to this place to begin with. Hallelujah. Y'all got, I'm pulling this, I know it's cold out, but here we go. So the law of divine portion says everything around you you can have if you do not touch mine. Adam violated divine portion. Adam took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When he took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when he violated, when he took from the portion that belonged to God and God alone, God comes down to him and he says, you are cursed with a curse. And this is your curse, Adam. You are going to work this field and it's not going to yield back to you. The curse was not that Adam had to work because when God first put Adam in the garden, he told him, I want you to work the field. I want you to tend the garden." What he was saying was, is now you're going to work and your work's not going to be fruitful because you touch divine portion. And then this is what God goes on to say. In the sweat of your face, you are going to labor and receive nothing in return. God is saying this. If you respect the law of divine portion, I can give you things that you didn't even work for. If you respect the law of divine portion, I will give you things that you don't even have to sweat over. I can give you a sweatless blessing all because you came into alignment with the principle of divine portion. There are some things that we are wanting God to do in our life. Your job's never going to be able to pay you that kind of money. Your job's never going to pay you 15 or 20 million dollars if you work at McDonald's. That's just not the way it's going to go. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get into alignment with a different kingdom and a different order and say, God, I need you to start working some things out for me that I don't have the ability to work out for myself. And God can give you stuff that you didn't even earn. There are people in this room because you've obeyed God God's given you positions you ain't even educated for God's given you positions you ain't even qualified for there are people in this room didn't even go to college but running businesses and being blessed why because you obeyed God in the law of divine I wish I had somebody to help me do this I'm a college dropout I'm proud to announce I'm in the middle of trying to finish my degree we'll get to it one of these days but I'm a college dropout I've got to travel the world and preach the gospel and been incredibly blessed. Not because I'm educated enough, because I'm not. I'm not. What do you mean? Mm. <laughs> Worship leader said, mm, that's the truth. It's because I got into an order. And when you get into God's order, there are benefits inside that kingdom that the people of this world do not have access to. Your Bible calls it the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of this world. It does not make sense to take 10% off of the top of everything you earn before the government gets theirs and before your iPhone gets theirs and before Netflix gets theirs. It makes no sense to the natural mind to take 10% off the top and say this belongs to God. That's why it's called the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of this world. But if we can get into agreement and into alignment with divine portion, God can do stuff for us that we never would have been able to do by ourselves. God, I'm trying. God does not give you what you want, God gives you what you can manage. You hear what I'm saying? God does not give you what you want, God gives you what you will faithfully steward. you think it's hard giving when you don't have any money. That's not hard. Right? If you're bringing home $150 a month, you might as well tithe. (laughs) Right? Because if Jesus don't do something. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) We got some UT students in here. You said amen in your heart. Hey man, right. tithing off student loans, Jesus, bring me out. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day on Instagram, they said, do you recommend we tithe off student loans? I said, I don't recommend student loans, but if you get one, we'll take the money, right? God doesn't give you what you want, he gives you what you can manage. He gives you what you can faithfully steward. You think it's hard giving when you don't have any money. What's really hard is when you got a lot of money, right? What's really hard is when, you, when, you, when you've got more than enough and something happens inside your heart when you start to get ahead. You start to think, maybe I can do this by myself. Oh, hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you. Sometimes God has to keep us in need to keep us communicating with Him, some people don't have a prayer life unless crisis hits. I I'm about have to told you this story. I don't remember. In the ministry we came from, we have we we were really blessed. We had developed some really close relationships with with two very rich individuals one of them was a nascar driver he he was no longer drive for nascar then another one was an nba basketball player at one point he had the fourth highest paid nba contract in the league at that year i think it was 17 19 million dollars a year could you just see law and we got on the topic of money one time. I don't remember how this happened. We got on the topic of money one time. And uh, it, was, it was interesting to watch these two people handle their finances. It was interesting because one of them, uh, really, he, made, he didn't make his money uh, doing NASCAR. He made his money from his parents. He inherited a lot of money. The other one had to work and get after it. It was interesting to watch him handle money. It was very fascinating. And, for example, like the, the, the really rich guy, we went to Cracker Barrel one time. He wanted to go out to eat. So we went to Cracker Barrel. I bought it. <laughs> and when we left, I thought, no wonder he's got so much money. What am I doing out here swapping my debit card for everybody? I'm going to be more like you. But he was talking to me one time, and he goes, People think it's hard believing God when you don't have any money. He said, What's well, really hard believing God is when you got $15 million in your bank account. Oh, and I acted like I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> You preach that. Hey, that's sad. And truer words have never been spoken. Go ahead and say that. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I left that conversation. I said, "Lord, if You'll give it to me, I will prove to You. It won't change me. <laughs> I will promise You." It's one thing to give when you're broke. It's another thing to give when God starts blessing you. Yep. The question is not, "Does God want to bless you?" The question is, "Can He?" Can you manage what God wants to send into your life? You hearing what I'm saying? Can you pro- appropriately handle what God wants to send into your life? I remember I was listening to a pastor teach this one time. He was, he was up and he was, he was preaching in a, in, a, in a service, and God speaks to him in the middle of the service, and he, this was back in the days in church. Some of y'all don't know anything about this day in church, but back in the day, we used to wear suits and ties to church all the time. Right? Most uncomfortable you could ever imagine, right? Couldn't even breathe when you preach, but you had to look like a man of God. (laughs) And we were in church, and I used to buy my suits from the thrift store, glory to God, when I was 17, 18 years old because the brother didn't have no money. And he was up preaching, and he said, God spoke to him, and God told him, give your jacket to this young man, right in the middle of the sermon. So he took his jacket off, he went and handed it to the, and I don't mean this jacket was purchased at the thrift store, okay? This was not a $150 blazer. This was a jacket, he said, I put it on him, and when I put it on him, it fit him like a glove. He said, it fit him like a glove. And he said, when that happened, I knew I was in trouble. He said, and I kept preaching. God spoke to me and said, take your shoes off and give them to another man. See, we want the blessing part, but there's something that precedes the blessing part. That's the obedience part. God spoke to him, said, take your shoes off, give them to another young man. Took his shoes off, they were exactly the same size. He said, I knew I was in trouble. God keeps speaking to him, take your belt off, this expensive take your watch off. He said, by the end of the night, I had some pants on and half a shirt. He said, but the spirit of giving broke out in my church. And all over our church, people started walking up to each other saying, here, God told me to give you this. Here, God told me to give you, oh, hallelujah. He said... He said, me and my wife, we I had just paid cash for the very first time for my wife. I bought her a brand new Escalade, $65,000 paid cash for it. We had just given it to her that week. God speaks to her to go up to a Bible college student, and she hands these keys to a Bible college student. He's running around the building about to pass out. Jesus is breaking loose. When he goes to his dorm, when he goes to clean out his dorm, what nobody knew was, he had cut out a picture of of a white Escalade and taped it on his mirror and he was believing God for it and he was obeying God in the giving and then God responded to him in the blessing because he did not touch divine portion and God gave him something that he didn't even work or have to save up for. I need somebody in this church to shout hallelujah if you believe it. Had another pastor friend tell me a story. He was at he was at his church. He was at this church, and this they were taking up the offering. It was a black church. I love. I grew up preaching in black churches. Why people do not know how to have church? They do not know how to have church. They're like, well, why people call dancing is really jumping. That's not dancing, sweetheart. And you don't need to try to dance at this black church at the black church they'll walk, back in the day we'd be preaching they'd walk up and they will throw offering on, on, the, on the platform while you're preaching I've preached before they walk up and just hand it to me my like, oh, glory to God this is awkward but praise God so we're up preaching we're up preaching and this lady walks up to her, up shouting. She takes a credit card up there, she throws it on the altar, right? Black church, she's shouting on the way back. Pastor walks up, God speaks to him, pastor walks up, picks it up and reads the name off of it, right, the black church was (laughs) Lafonda, Shaquanda. He stopped her, stops the service says, is this credit card paid off? She said, no sir, it's not. He said, meet me in the four year after service, I'll have a check prepared for you to pay this credit card off another member in the church got the revelation. Guess what she did? (laughs) Threw it on the altar. Pastor picked it up. Who does this belong to? She raises her hand. Who wants to pay who wants to pay Tiffany's card off? Another man in the back of the church. I'll pay that card off. Then another man walks up, throws his credit card up here. Who wants to pay this credit card off? House four houses get paid off in one night. Cards getting paid off left and right. Credit card debt being eliminated. Why? Because they stepped into a blessing they did not work for and they did not sweat for because they obeyed divine portion. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now that shout's good. That shout's good. But there's something that comes before that. Giving God his portion. Hearing what I'm saying? I have believed God for things in my life that did not come to pass until I sowed a seed for it. I don't. don't. Do I believe you can buy a miracle? No. I do believe by an act of obedience, you can open the windows of heaven. And by an act of disobedience, you can close them. You hearing what I'm saying? I want to get this church. I want this church. I want this church, I want to hear I want to hear testimonies constantly of how God has come through and blessed me beyond my wildest dreams you are not limited by what degrees you do or do not own you are not limited by where you do or do not live or what you drive or do not drive, you're not limited to how you were raised or where you came from, if we can get into the order of God, we get the blessing of God, but the blessing only comes after the order, I want I dream of a day when people in this church are coming up to me and say, I don't know how God did it. I have a GED and overnight God turned me into a millionaire because I'll I'll believe it by myself if I have to. You sit there religious and just look at me and think I'm a young guy that don't know what he's talking about. That's fine. But I'm looking for somebody that can believe that God can do some stuff for us. I'm believing for a church building we don't have to go into debt for. All the setup team said, Glory to God. Right. Zeke Aiken's just passed out wherever he's at. Huh? We want the blessing. The blessing is for you, the blessing's available to you. The ble- this is what it means to be a child of God. The blessing's available to you, the blessing's available the blessing of God the blessing of the Lord makes rich he has, the Bible calls it the blessing of Abraham you know what your Bible says about Abraham and Abraham that makes no bones about it Genesis chapter number 15 Abraham was very rich had so much livestock he had to give it away Abraham was very rich and your Bible says you and I are children of Abraham because of faith and the blessing of Abraham comes on us I don't have time to teach about the blessing, all the theology of that. We'll get into that later. I, I dream of the day. I want to hear people. I want to. I I, I had somebody tell me the other day, they, they said, Pastor Case, you don't understand where I come from. I didn't have much growing up. I, I don't have a college education. I dropped out of high school, but God, because I have obeyed what this book said, it superseded what the world deems as valuable. Now, I think you need to go to college. Go get your degree. Do your thing. Wear it out. But if you do not get into alignment with this book, you can have alphabet soup behind your name and you will not have everything that God destined for you to have. There is an order inside the kingdom of God and I'm trying to get our people into tithing is divine portion it doesn't belong to you I don't care if you worked overtime can I get an amen from somebody doesn't belong to you and this isn't about a church budget I'm not preaching this for a church budget when we moved here to plant this church Me and my wife had to raise $193,000. We raised over $220,000. 85% of which didn't come from this church. Didn't come from this church. Came from people who don't even live in Knoxville. God, this isn't about a church budget. There are still people that give to this church I have never met in my life. They're just like, hey, we felt led to give this. Hey, hope you feel led again. not about a church budget. This is not trying to gain money for the church. This is about trying to get you into the blessing of God. It's weird because when I was growing up, we taught this stuff all the time. You don't, you don't, people don't talk about faith and the blessing and being the head and not the tail and the first and not the last and above all and not the We don't talk about that stuff anymore, right? We're too busy telling jokes to teach the Bible blessing. Tithing is divine portion. It's not yours, it's his. We don't pay tithe, we don't give tithe, we are returning our tithe. Hear what I'm saying? Now, this is what he said in Malachi. He said, if you will bring your tithe, the 10%, the 10% of whatever increase you have, If you will bring the tithe into the storehouse, I will rebuke the devourer. That word devourer is actually a bad translation. You need to mark that out. The actual translation for the word devourer is seed eater. I will rebuke the seed eater. That word rebuke means to say, stop it. That's enough. And God said, when you, bring your tithe, when you bring your 10% into the storehouse, I will look at the devourer. I will look at the seed eater and say, stop it. That's enough. Watch. Can I get a little deeper into this? I've seen this happen. I've seen people, when you teach on something, I've seen people actually bridle against the idea of giving God anything as though he deserves it. And so I've, I've had people come to me. If, if, you, if you have $1,000, if you make $1,000, how much is 10% of that? <laughs> that shouldn't have been that much of a struggle. We're like, carry the two and the divine. Just knock a zero off of it. <laughs> 100 bucks, right? I've seen people not want to obey God in the divine portion, so what they do is they'll bring God $20, right? Just throw it down, there. next week same thing glory to God and what they don't realize is the tithe is what initiates covenant protection wow when you don't obey God with the divine portion your Bible said in Matthew's gospel and it talks about the parable of the sower what it say it said when the seed is sown the enemy immediately comes and carries it away remember that the enemy comes carries it away Seed that is sown outside the divine protection of the tithe, shoo, carried away. So I've had people that will come and they'll say, I've been giving God $20 for the last year and I'm losing money left and right. It's because your money's not protected yet. And it's not protected because you haven't obeyed God in the divine portion. So if you gave him $99, it's still not protected because you've not given him divine portion yet. So 100% of your money is more vulnerable than 90% of your money. Immediately. I've seen people my whole life like this. I've seen people, they don't have any trouble making money. They have trouble keeping it. Like, like, like the woman with the issue of blood, it just leaks out. Just all the time. You ever felt that way? Don't raise your hand. You ever felt that way? Just leaks out. Why does it keep leaking out? Why does it keep leaving my life? Why do I get a a bonus and then my my dog gets sick and I got to go pay the vet bill? Just leaves your life. Just leaves your life. Because I got to ask you, is it protected yet? Y'all getting weird on me? I don't care. Y'all getting weird on me? Let me go a little further. Bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of and pour you out enough blessing, shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will then I will tell, when you have ninety percent, and you've given God his ten percent. When you have ninety percent, I will look at the seed eater and I will say, Stop it! Wow. That's enough. You don't get to touch any of this because their tithe initiated my covenant protection over their life, oh hallelujah. My tithe initiated covenant protection over my life. If you are a tither, it is impossible for you to go broke because you are up under the covenant protection of Almighty God. If you are a giver, if you are a tither, it is impossible for you to be to be, to be affected by recessions and ups and downs because you are up under covenant protection are you hearing what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, in Malachi, listen, in Malachi, when he got ready to talk about tithe, this is what he said. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse and prove me now herewith Seth, the Lord of hosts. Yeah. It was always crazy to me that he used that title for himself, the Lord of hosts. Why are you referring to yourself as the Lord of hosts? When we are talking about money, I figure you would call yourself Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? That's the Hebrew, what's that the Hebrew name? For the Lord, my provider. He did not say bring all the time to the storehouse and prove me, says Jehovah Jireh, if I won't meet your needs. He doesn't start talking about him being able to provide for you. He doesn't say, bring all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me now here with, says El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. That's not what he calls himself. He said, when you bring the tithe into the storehouse, prove me now here with Seth, the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts translated means the God of the armies of heaven. He says, when you you bring your tithe into the storehouse, that means it's time to fight. And that means... That means I'm going to start fighting on your behalf. I'm not Jehovah Jireh. I'm not El Shaddai. I am the God of war when it comes to your finances. And I've never, ever, ever lost a battle. Somebody tell God, hallelujah. You seeing what I'm saying? Prove me. And I think prove me, says the God of war. What does war have to do with this? you going around trying to pick a fight. He said, because the enemy is trying to devour your seed. Trying to devour your seed. Hearing what I'm saying? Trying to devour those, those little things that come in life that just devour you, and just knock you down. And you can never get it, never get it, and I can't do it, I can't do it. He said, I'm going to rebuke all that stuff if you get up under covenant protection says the god of war said it's a fight he said it's a fight this isn't i'm gonna bless you this is we're gonna throw down i'm gonna go off right elbow drop from the top rope <laughs> on the devour hearing what i'm saying <laughs> You're like, elbow drop from the top rope. What exactly? (laughs) What does he mean? I will pour you out a blessing. Won't be room enough to receive it. You know why this was important to Israel? That language, I will open you the windows of heaven, pour you out blessings, shall not be room enough to receive it. Watch, Israel had been disobedient. The whole book of Malachi, he's rebuking the priests for the way they've not handled the tithes. And your Bible said over in Deuteronomy, when you disobey me in this, the heavens over your head will be brass. But when you tithe, I will open those heavens and pour you out blessing. There shall not be room enough to receive it. Your disobedience closes them, but your obedience opens them in divine portion. Hallelujah, you hear what I'm saying? Stand upon your feet. We could keep going, but I'm out of time. You love God's word this morning? Yes. You love God's word? Yes. When it comes to your finances, <clears throat> either you can fight it or He can fight it. Amen. Hallelujah. Either you can fight it or he can fight it. Pour you out blessing won't be room enough to receive it. I might teach on this next part next week, but over in Corinthians, you remember when Paul said, he that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let every man give as he's purposed in his heart, watch. Paul deals with the action of giving and then he deals with the attitude. Don't let him do it begrudgingly. Right. 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 Because God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to forever drive out the stigma in church about money. Yeah. Right? It's not to buy me a new truck. I already have enough money to buy a new truck if I want one. The ones I got now were paid for, so they're working just fine. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? It is not about materialism. It's not about what are we gonna do? What are we gonna? It is about this is what it takes to get you into the blessing. It's what it takes to get you into the blessing. Amen? Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your kingdom. We thank you for your order. We thank you for your blessing and your favor. And Father, we honor you with your portion, with what belongs to you, with what is rightfully yours. We honor you with that today. We bless you with that today. And God of the armies of heaven, the God of war, you fight for us. I came to tell somebody this morning, you're not fighting this battle alone. He's fighting for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit Give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.